My name is Siobhan Cronin and this is the From A to C podcast. This week I'm joined by four incredible men who are here to talk about their success in making the Fastnet Swim one of the world's most iconic swims. Swimmers and coaches Nathan Timmons, Steve Redmond and Noel Brown are with us now and we'll be joined by their skipper Kieran Collins in a little while. But first, you guys might in- just introduce yourselves there to our listeners. Steve Redmond, I live in Baldehob and Skibbereen and f- swim in the Fastnet. Uh, did my first six-hour swim from the Fastnet into Baltimore as a six-hour for registration for the English Channel uh, with John Carney before AD, even a long, long time ago, I think around 2009 or 2010. When we kind of figured out that you could swim out there, nobody ever went near the place except in a boat. And uh, did a couple of training swims in preparation for some of the longer swims we've done from Baltimore out to the fast and into Skull. Also with John Carney and with Kieran Collins then the second time. And it kind of mushroomed from there. And I'm surrounded by positive thinking people like Nathan and Noel Brown and Kieran Collins who are determined in, the, in their subconscious to try and kill everybody around them. And uh, it's it's kind of just come along and taken on a life of its own, the swim and the, the fastnet, as you know, is a different thing to everybody. Every time you go out there, it's, it looks different. Every time you're in the water there, it's different. So it's, a, it's just a unique place that we're lucky to be near and we can see it every day. So I'm Nathan uh, Timmins. Um, been swimming for I suppose last ten years. Um, got involved with Fastnet in twenty fifteen. And Noel, how did you get involved with these two? I suppose like most things, Steve convinced us as a good idea to go out there and uh, mm-hmm. have a go off swimming it or watch him swimming it. So myself, Sean Murray, Owen Sullivan, and Michal Hurley took it on. It must be nearly ten years ago now to. Mixed success, but we decided it might be easier to torture other people out there and encourage them to come out with us and tell them what they should be doing. But uh, it's been fun. It's, it's starting to grow and it's starting to develop and it's 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 pretty iconic swim at this stage now. And, and so how many years have you been doing it as a thing, as a, as a business thing for the fact? I suppose it's, it's only the last couple of years it's starting yeah. to develop as a business. Yeah, um, yeah. it really was just ask this guy to come see find you know we know nearly every crazy swimmer in the world and it's it's a, it's a closed network you can be in contact with him in via an email or a phone in seconds yeah. ask this guy come on down do this try this swim it's never been done before and it's, as soon as you say that it's a real kicker for them like oh yeah this and uh you know we've kind of encouraged some of the best swimmers in 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 the world to come and swim it and it yeah. has taken on its own kind of powers you know you don't really need to sell it anymore it's not like the english channel there's not seven boats waiting every morning to go out there there's only one very very good skipper who knows the tides there's only two or three very very good uh, observers that know what to do and know how to get people in there and it's it's not a closed shop but it's uh it's it's a very very uh, hard swim to get right and you have to have the best people on board to get you there and tell me um so I know you did the seven oceans, obviously. You were the first person to do it. 
and now it's very popular I notice as a lot of yeah. names came after yours yeah. but would this ever be in that caliber or could it ever be or could there be an eight oceans <laughs> that would include the fastness there's a second list of swims kind of a secondary category yeah. and we're on yeah. that at the moment so we're we're not the yeah we're, we're one of the top swims in the world great um, and how do you get that recognition how do you go it's just that? from like different swimmers around the world have kind of come together and it's kind of put a list of their favourite swims and some of the toughest swims that they've done and it's uh, just kind of evolved into sort of uh, amalgamation of all the different swims that people have done and said like this is one of the best. So and what makes it so special? I think it's 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 everything the Cork has to offer. Um, the scenery, the weather, the when it's there, um, the people to get her involved in it, to everything that we put into it, we get back. Like, do you know the, the, um, the guys are very good at looking, as we say, looking after people. they're very good at looking after people. Like, you know, you come down and Nathan will look after you or find you a place to stay, yeah. bring you out if you're there a couple of days, you know, yeah. before or after, introduce to everybody. It's not like English Channel, you go over the English Channel, shake the skipper's hand uh, before you get on the boat you give him 5,000 sterling and you take your chances whereas yeah. here they come down they, they get a feel of the whole area they, they see the light of the, the lighthouse at night before they go out there and then you go out there in the middle of the night and dump them in the water anyway yeah. and uh, it's nothing like anywhere else it's in the world it's a complete experience you know, yeah it's a real experience yeah. and they they they, they they come back, like Ian Bentley did it a few weeks ago, and he's back with the Distance Week today. Like, you know, one of the best swimmers you'll ever see in the world. So I know Jason. you were explaining to me before that you with the channel, you, you book your day, you take your chance, you might mm -hmm. get out. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what happens with Fastnet that's different? Can you Well, it's, 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 it's still kind of that way with the, like the weather. You can't tell what's going to happen. But like we'll do our best to get you out with, within the slot that's there. But if it doesn't happen, you'll be down the line or the following year do you know you people don't lose their slots yeah. if we see weather coming we get them yeah try try to go with very good weather and we just pull people forward and say mm. look conditions are perfect get in there now if i give yeah. a chance you know next week maybe windy or you That's know it. so it's not going to be Thank suitable you. which is what has happened so and do you have any idea how many people would have done the fastnet swim since you started? Were you the first to do that, Steve? Do you think? I think I was the first to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many since? I have no idea. Well, we're about fifty at the moment, but we different. Like yeah. the main route is fastnet into Baltimore, but there's mm -hmm. fastnet Scald or fastnet Mizzen, yeah. and the list that we're keeping, we about fifty people that have done a fastnet swim yeah. in some shape or form, doubles, singles, yeah, wet swims as well, and. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about the conditions of that swim as regards if anyone feels obsessed with jellyfish. But a lot of these guys are not in wetsuits, am I right? Or women, they're not in wetsuits. Well, so people we take out wouldn't have a wetsuit. No. Yeah. You know, we, we like to see skins. Yeah. You know, that's, it's, and it's, so do jellyfish. It's, it's, it's <laughs> like every other swim then. Like, it's like, a, like a, you go swimming this channel in a wetsuit, it's debatable. Like, you know, they'll... The, the, the observers and the, the skippers will classify it as a wetsuit swim and that's what it is mm. you know the, it's not in English Channel rules which we abide by it's not a seeing as a, as a true swim unfortunately no. it's it's fine for the person that we they get the distance and they do that 
but uh, it's it's in the the purist's okay. eye, mm. and it's and for the swimmer as well. Like you know, like if the swimmer is a good swimmer, and uh, they should they should be doing it in the skins because it's that's what it's there. That's what they're missing half the swim because you're not getting the the cold. You're not meeting the jelly. Yeah. You're not seeing you're not the wildlife. Getting the full experience. You're not getting the full experience in a wetsuit, and that's the truth of it. It's fine if it's cold water. I would understand it. You're like I wear a wetsuit in the winter if I'm not if I haven't built up for the cold. Mm. But uh, but you're not taking people out there in the winter, I presume. No, 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 no. no, no. It's, there's like, a season. So the season the runs from yeah, middle of May to kind of beginning of October. Okay, and tell me about some of the types of people who do it. I see there's women doing it, there's men of all varying ages. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Some very young, like some, the, some well into their 60s, let's say. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, like like you said, you've made it on the head. There's women, men, uh, all ages, every body shape. Um, there's, there's people with disabilities uh, starting to come in as well, amputees and stuff. So um, it's, it's open to anybody. So there's, there's really no, uh, as long as you're f healthy, then. Yeah. And that's just swimmers that we get here at the moment. They're all well-qualified channel swimmers yeah. that have done yeah. some superb swims over the years. But we're more than happy to take people out there that it's their first big challenge. And yeah. it's a, a, huge, lot, a lot of times it's challenge. their first or second big swim. And it, for me, it was my second swim. Um, I'd done Court Cove. It's my first one. Um, uh, Fastnet then was my pre-qualifying uh, swim for the English Channel as well. So um, it, generally, it's like a stepping stone for me. For me, it was a stepping stone up into the longer swims. And, and what, where does it rank in the global swims as regards length and conditions? And... Uh, Length-wise, it's kind of midway, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. It, it's so, not one of the longer channels, no. but it's, like, it's the weather down here. You're basically in the middle of the Atlantic, yeah. so there's so few days that you actually get a chance to get out there. It, it's yeah. getting to the starting line is the hard part. And, it, and it's always colder. Yeah. English Channel is a bath. Mm. Like, and if you, Nathan can do a six hour, seven hour there, and you're going for English Channel, it locks in your head that, well, I've, I've done it there, yeah. two degrees colder, because, uh, and I've uh, survived. So, English Channel, I, I don't have to worry about temps there. A lot, of, a lot of it with a lot of the swimmers we, we're finding now, they're all very, very, very good athletes. Not like us, we're decrepit, falling apart, aging hermits. That's well, he's well, I am. <laughs> I am there. I am there. Yeah, but that's the whereas these guys are coming, are doing 147s for hundreds too, but they all fear something. Everybody, you as you know, you're a swimmer. Everybody has a fear in the back of their minds, yeah. and it's and when you go to the fast net, uh, you have to face it. Yeah, and you're alone in the water, and it's the same as every channel swimmer. You can come out anytime you want. Uh, unfortunately, you will never get that chance again. So it's it's up to you to keep going, and uh, it's all it's everything is out there. Like you know, you like the last time I swam out to the blast, the thing, there was a ring of jellyfish three miles out and you just yeah. had to go through loads them. Of jelly, and uh, there's loads of jelly. And there's loads of you know. And then, so you have you to... get stung. Oh, absolutely get stung, yeah. And you just get, you know, you, you accept that. But it's, it seems to be the temperature seems to be the killer for a lot of the people like yeah. now, like, you know, because they are swimming so fast, they're not carrying a lot of body weight. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and that, 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 that's what they're always worried about. What's the temp out there? And, yeah. We you just know, served, you know, that's I what I was asked. Maybe 80 channel swimmers below there. Yeah. And their biggest fear at the moment is the temperature. You know, they they were used yeah, to the warm water. Fixated in the, they're swimming in 26 degrees yeah. in Florida or somewhere like that. And they come into here and we've got, at the moment, 12 and a half, 13 degrees. And it's... Uh, and it's dipped, as you know, in yeah. the last couple of weeks. And there's a distance week on this week and the... the they will be burned alive up there by Ned Dennison. Like, you know, they swim in the morning, they'll swim in the night, and then they have a six hour at the weekend. Like, you know, by the time they get to it, they'll be in tears. It's like going to Belize on honeymoon, like it's hell, like, you know. But it's, uh, what about this marine heat wave we've heard about then? Are we not benefiting? Well, that, the water is definitely warmer up here, yeah. you know, but yeah. it's it's kicked back there now the last two weeks, mm. you know, it doesn't take much for it to kick back. Mm-hmm. And the tides are turning again there now, you're coming into another moon phase. So maybe the weather came too early for us this year, you know, mm. like North Channel would normally be warmest in September, but they're swimming it last week, you know, uh, so maybe we've had our good weather for the summer. You just don't know. I think you're going to have another two or three weeks of fine weather in the next couple of weeks, but okay. it'll kick back up again. But it, it's amazing how quickly it goes down here, whereas English Channel is pretty steady. Yeah. Uh, it can drop here overnight. It can drop here overnight, yeah. you know. And and the conditions, as we know from the basnet itself, yeah, it's always can change. Yeah, it's always different. Out there. Every time I go. Well, do you find that since you've started swimming, that the technology has improved vastly as regards weather apps and, you know, even. Well, you don't have to bring home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to ring home as much, like you know. Yeah. When we started before the war, <laughs> to ring home you don't again, have to get abused. Rock on the hang yeah. outside the window, whether it's wet or not, or <laughs> it's swinging. The weather, but then you see people rely on it too much weather too. You know, they say yeah. I can go out there and it's it's only blowing tens and gusting fifteen, and that's still too much out there. Like you know? yeah, and yeah. then they then you know you're leaving yourself wide open. You know, we you you a swimmer wants to go in and he demands to go in. It's a very dangerous thing because if something goes wrong, you know, you said it was going to be like this and you said it was going to be okay. But how do you cope with someone who is, you know, demanding, I'm here now and I want to get in? And oh, absolutely. We've had a few guys and stand up on a rock because they've had a watch on and they've demanded the, the, in the fog and demanded uh, that we were taking the piss out of them, that we were bringing them the wrong way, things like that, you know, and uh, you know. Swimmers of bitches, can I curse? Sorry. Swimmers of bitches. <laughs> the, the bitches in the water, and it's their day, and they've paid the money for it. And you know, you, you take a certain amount of it because that's fine, because they're under a lot of pressure and things like that. And, and the guys will tell you, everyone moans, and it's, it's, that's fair enough, you deal with it, and uh, you expect it. But uh, you're doing your best for them, and you're trying to get them through to the other side. And if they start, telling you that you're doing something wrong and they're in the water, then you're, you're, you've lost the chain of command or something's going wrong very quickly. And uh, it's, it's not going to work unless you get it back under control. So that's why we have, everybody's always calm on the boat, skipper's there. There's a lot of conversation very quickly done at, at break times when they're feeding. And there's, you know, it's always left on a, on, a, on a positive instead of you need to kick on or, you know, you're not going fast enough or something like that. But it, uh, that that's how it works. Have, with have you had to pull people out? Yeah. Because yeah. Of oh yeah. 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 Who were but, unhappy about it? Uh, no, not because they were unhappy. Um, just because they were getting cold or something. Um, 
or no no progress being made. Yeah, you know, it's uh, and safe. these were good swimmers. Like you know, yeah, safety, yeah, you have yeah. to take. Like, it can happen any day. You know, uh, no, like it's explained to every swimmer when they start a swim. Uh, skipper is in charge. Whatever he says, that goes. There's no arguments about it. You you do as you're told. When to, if uh, like the swimmer's getting cold or you can hear it, there's like. It can be a bit more tricky, but at the end of the day, what we say is, it goes like... And they sign up to that, I yeah, presume, before yeah. they... They have to, like, they have there's to, a safety it, thing as well. Yes, they trust the people on the boat. And it is they have a safety to. thing, and, and, and we, if we notice something that's happening to the, the swimmer or around them or the weather or whatever, they have to take note of what, what they're seeing. Well, you've all been there yourselves yeah. in the water where you've probably been told time to get out. I know there was a few times when you were told stay in when you wanted to get out. Oh yeah, does that's that big stick. A lot? Oh, all the time. Yeah, all the time. The like, big yeah, stick yeah. comes out a lot. Seem yeah. to enjoy. I'm a special case, like you know. <laughs> yeah, it's but you see, then the, the guys are low. Your stroke rate's going down, or you know, you're not making progress, and you, they know how much time is left and how further you have to go when the tide is going to turn. And uh, it's not like, for instance, we got to Fastnet a couple of years ago and we were around an hour and a half behind the tide and uh, we turned anyway and we were never going to make it back in. We were did another two hours in the dark and the lads called it and I said that was fine. He was getting cranky and we Cramped, yeah, get out of the water and that was in the lads. So yeah, it's, it's, the shoulder was gone and another, an awful lot of these swimmers are doing, they're not doing one swim anymore in the summer. They're doing four or five swims, mm. you know, like it was like they could do a swim here. They could go to Galway Bay, North Channel, you know, Bristol Channel, over to the English Channel. Or they can, you know, jump on a plane and go over to California. They can do, you can do a cycle of swims very quickly. And that's what a lot of them are doing. They're taking six, seven months off work completely and devoting themselves to this and burning two or three credit cards. Whereas we normally used to do maybe two swims a year. Like uh, that, that's that's changed now. So if they do go in there and purge themselves, it's like a, it's like a Tour de France. You're strong that day. You, if they burn themselves on a mountain or on a, in a swim, it's gone. It goes into the marrow with the pain, and the memory is there. And they they it'll take them a long time to recover, and they probably won't get another swim that year. Whereas if they come out when we tell them to come out, they still have a chance to to recover quickly go and get the horse pill and get the anti-inflammatory, get the massage, recover, and uh, do whatever they do straight away to recover, and they're back yeah. at it in two weeks' time, you know? Whereas if they do purge themselves, they might not swim again that season. They might do a shoulder, you know, or they might just be so hurt internally and in their mind, and the doubts are there flying around that they won't get a swim. And... Tell me the, the question that probably everybody wants to know, like, is it very expensive? I know that you say the channel is about no. five grand. When you see what the, the, the prices of of some channel swims are now, I, I would not consider it expensive. And no. you can be here on a Ryanair flight for 50 euros. Yeah. And you can stay in Noel's car for nothing. <laughs> like, you know, and things like, it, it's compared to some of the swims now, I, I it's, yeah. it's quite frightening how much... If Some of the channel swims. I wouldn't do. A, I wouldn't do a channel swim again. I don't think because it's just too dear. Yeah, you know, if you're going to train for a year, the cost of the swim at the end of it is is it isn't huge in comparison with all the time and effort you come into yeah. to achieving something like that. So it's. 
and the fact that you are pretty much guaranteeing them at some stage they will get in. Well, which you know, they'll get in. It yeah. might be this year. Uh, but yeah. yeah, and they might not complete it. It's just. Uh, but it, it, it is the. the I, I think from being on a lot of swims, the, 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 the care and attention that's done for them, it's, it's invaluable. The, the amount of money, I don't think they care about the amount of money when they see how well looked after they are. Mm. You know, and, you and, and every swimmer I've talked to that has done it, it's the same kind of story. You know? they, 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 they cannot believe that there's only one boat, there's two, two observers looking after them, uh, the attention to detail is there. The map is there for them. The, everything you know, they're looked after afterwards. They check the next day. Like English Channel, you, you get off your boat and that's it. You're gone. Like you mm -hmm. know, it's just a numbers game. It's just, it's just a, it's just a money game. Well, Whereas we want them to succeed, and we like to see them coming. And and you know how uh, I come from Castle Lermont, which is just outside Dublin, and very easy to get to. It's Skibbereen is hard to get to. So two hours. Of getting lost after you leave Cork, you know, because you don't know where you're going, and <laughs> you might not make it. So it's and then once you get here, though, you're you know you're here forever. Kind of thing. That's what I always think. Skipper Kieran Collins is with us now. Uh, Kieran, can you tell us who you are and what you're doing with these guys? So I'm Kieran Collins. I'm from Baltimore, and uh, I run. I've Radiance is uh, my vessel. So I grew up underwater, um, pretty much um, from young age, potting for lobster, shrimp, and salmon when it was legal to do so. Um, so and now I do angling charters and whale watching tours. And with these lads, um, it kind of works in then with uh, with the swimming, that um, knowing the currents and knowing the tides is obviously a great benefit for. For these swims. Um, How did you meet up with these guys? Right, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, through different means, I suppose. Over time, I would have known Noel for a long time. Um, outside of outside of the swimming world, um, I think the first time I came across Steve was when we did Baltimore to fasten the skull. Yeah. When you were when Steve was. Uh, Training for was it Malachi? I was a cook. Was a cook. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was a big training swim, and that was my introduction. That was the first swim that I guided. Um. Yeah. So it like, was quite a go. Like you've seen the potential of swimming in in West Cork, I presume you've seen what what can be done when it's done right. Absolutely. Um. And the thing is, like that, we have some of the nicest waters when weather and conditions are right. Um, obviously there are the dangers and there are other things when um, when wind and weather and stuff and different factors come into it but we have some of the nicest waters um, I think Steve would be able to tell you that when anywhere, the, anywhere in the world yeah. Um, so yeah the potential is is huge um, and like the, for instance the fastness swim that, that is now after growing and I believe is probably um, like Steve has done seven oceans and I believe the fasten is like oceans eight um, so yeah not too many people have done oceans eight mm. and, and so what's, <laughs> what's, uh, what's your role on the boat then Sorry? Your, your role on the boat so my role on the boat then would be 
I'm the pilot, we'll say that. So I'd, we'd guide the swimmer. I'll take the, I'll take the course for, let's say, the best course that the swim is to go on to counteract um, currents, tides, and all, all and sundry. We said that there's a lot of different conditions that affect the swim. Um, wind direction, wind strength, um, the direction of the, the current, direction of the tide, the strength of the tide. So there's a lot of different factors come into it. So we kind of calculate those things out and adjust as needs be during the swim as well. But you factor in all these things into the, when the swim starts, when to start and, and how, how long, we'd say ahead of a tide or after a tide that you would go, as well as factor in then depending on the swimmer as well. And I mean, people would have, would know the, the name of the basket and they would have kind of associated with pretty treacherous conditions at times. So can things change pretty quickly out there? Absolutely. Um, like. Most people would have heard of the Fast and Race disaster in 1979. My father was coxswain of the Baltimore Lifeboat at that time. Um, and they were actually out on, I can't remember, was it a call or an exercise that day? And they, were, they went into Cape Clear. And what he had said to me afterwards, um, even a good few years afterwards when we spoke about it, because he wasn't one to really talk about what he did on the lifeboat too much. Uh, he said that he had never seen weather change so fast and so dramatically that it was pretty much calm conditions going to Cape when they got the call to go for the first yacht and there was some trouble in the Basin race. Um, it was pretty much storm force conditions. And I mean, we were talking earlier about the technology and that, but I mean, do you think with the technology now, that back then that we have now, would they have been more prepared for that? That's kind of nearly like a catch-22 question, if you like, because through disasters and things like that that happen at sea, we tend to learn and um, a lot of the technology we have now has stemmed from what happened in things like, we say, in the fast disaster and, and others as well. So every time there's something like that happens, there's lessons learned and there's new technology in, and brought in to, to pretty much uh, improve safety. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. You see, you have to be prepared for anything. You know, yeah. it's not a jolly. Mm. Like a lot of people think it's, it's grand to go out on a ferry, go around the fast net and it's, it's grand, but two, mile and a, two miles of wind into your face in the water for, four, for 10 hours will kill you. It will mm. slow you down. It will change the tide. It will change the, the water. Three or four different things. And, and you're in the water facing all these things. Like, you know. And when, when Kieran knows this is occurring, he can alter the trajectory or the times and that's where the crucial factor comes in you know and you could you could like you could go out to the fast net with an orange and a banana and a bottle of water and you could be lucky enough to do it do a swim but it's not gonna like if we see you turning up like that you're not going anyway <laughs> you know, <laughs> <you> know. <laughs> i swear to god but you, you have to be prepared or even over prepared for these things. Well, what yeah. should you be taking as regards sustenance and nutrition with you? Well, they'll all arrive with their own feeds. Yeah, everyone has their own routine. Yeah, their own, their own um, routines, and they and they will be very structured, and they'll be some of them are very very quick and very quick with their feeding. Some of them will be very slow. Everybody is different. Yeah, like a lot of swimmers would have um, carb drinks and a mixture of. Uh, Jellies and sweets and stuff like that to take during the swims, or like myself, I be on natural 
beads, um, honey and ginger and stuff like that. I think Steve Hayes in, in a... <laughs> I knew he was going to say the ginger tea. Yes. I knew that was coming. That ginger one. tea. Uh, yeah. Ginger tea. Yeah. Yeah. Killer. Yeah. But you see, if it's, it's say if you're taking maldextrin and carbohydrates and stuff like that, and you're used to it, and somebody gives you something else in the swim, it can throw you completely. Can be gone. Yeah. Your yeah. swim is yeah. gone. Could be gone. If you haven't trained with a feed. If you haven't trained with them, they will all train with these things over and over and over again. And they will get used to them and they will hang on them like they're, yeah. you know, they're hanging onto the side of a cliff. That's what's yeah. going to keep them going and get them through. So, like, how long are you talking about being in the water? And does, does it vary? Can you go out thinking you're going to be seven hours? Oh, and you yeah. Okay, so that, that varies a huge amount. And again, like I say, right, um, there's a lot of different factors come into it. Wind direction, tide, the strength of the tide, the strength of the current. Um, on any given day, some of that stuff can change. Mm. Um, so... You can judge approximately on a person's, we'd say, pace over a period of time. Like if they have, um, we'd say, different swims done um, for three, four <clears throat> hours that you get a pace from them. And that would give you an indication, but it's only an indication of what a swim could be. Yeah. Um, we've had some swimmers turn up that you'd be expecting to do in, let's say, seven, eight hours. And they might like sure, yeah. end, end yeah, the night with 10 hours. swim back a couple of years ago that very good swimmers... And the water was cold, but they swam for six hours and they only got to the Gascon on. That's right, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, and that, and that and beats the Another day, that would be the whole swim done and yeah. dusted. Yeah. So it, it really it's just, just conditions changing. Well, that was conditions. Again, water temperature, water temperature again, which we hadn't mentioned earlier as well. Water temperature is a huge factor as well for a lot of people. Um, and that might be the difference between someone who's not used to having, we'll say, their feeds at warm, warm feeds. Um, and that's not something you're going to change during a swim because mm-hmm. a warm sw- a, a warm feed mightn't suit a person yeah. again if they're used to cold feeds. And does the water temperature change this your speed? I mean, whatever about how you how you're feeling the water yourself, does it actually change the body's yeah. speed in the water? Yeah. So which is better? Warm water. Is warm water is better because it glides through like, easier. Yeah. You will cold. burn more energy, I imagine, in yeah. cold water. Yeah. You're you're using a lot more energy in cold water. You don't feel yourself getting cold. Yeah. So that's what the risk comes in. That's when we're really watching people when it's cold water. When you get cold, your muscles will start to tighten up. You're yeah. not going to be as fluid in the water, and you know that's you're just always watching you're, you're, you're always doing a stroke check every ten minutes, yeah. talking to them, yeah. talking between the feeds, and the feeds, getting responses. Yeah. If they, um, if they give out to you, you know they're okay, but if they start not making sense, or they, they start being before, nice, yeah. maybe, yes. you know, thank you for everything, maybe, then then they really start getting worried. Yeah. But yeah, you you have to, you kind of get to know the person very quickly, mm. like, you know, mm. and uh, they'll tell you their stroke rate and they'll tell you how far they, fast they swim, they think they swim and things like that. And then you go from there. But uh, you, you, you. They, they say 24 hours, it's endurance swimming to 24 hours, and then it's survival swimming after that. So there was a paramedic asked me, uh, told me he was going to ask me a question. And uh, I'm not very good at remembering things when I go in the water. So I forgot the bloody question as soon as I got in the water. So I was bricking myself that he was going to ask me this damn question. And I they pulled me... <laughs> And I said to him, don't ask me that question because I don't know what it is. I've forgotten already. <laughs> so this is what happens, you see, because you're, you're, you're in the water and you're thinking, Jesus Christ. If it, 
I'm in trouble here straight away. Yeah. <laughs> and can I ask, um, Kieran, uh, about uh, this sounds like a totally off the wall question, but about climate change and how that may be going to affect tides, conditions in the summer, and even this marine heat wave we're hearing about. I mean, do you ever worry that you know there's going to be an awful lot more violent summer weather that may limit um, the amount of time you can get in the water? To be honest with you, I, I, well, I'll put it this way, is that I haven't seen, we say, indicators that are going to change hugely what, we, what we're seeing. Um, just this past week, the, the weather met office were on about the, the marine heat wave and how the water temperatures are so high in the Atlantic. Um, and in around, in around Irish waters, we had temperatures up to about 17 and a half degrees roughly about a week ago. Today, they're at 12 degrees. Um, Big drop. Seriously. Also yesterday, it was uh, 12 degrees that's as well. Incredible. Now, so that's a drop in of five degrees, roughly five, five and a half degrees in a week. And I was actually having a discussion with another ex-coxswain only last week about the water temperatures, and he was referring to climate change as well, and about the 17 degrees and how hot it is now it's normally 13 14 degrees this time of the year and i said well and nathan you mentioned that swim that mm -hmm. was at about 10 10 and a half degrees yeah. that day when they did the, those two women that did the, the six hour swim uh that was on the 21st of june in 2018 i think and um the week leading up to that swim the water temperatures were at 17 and a half degrees on that day it was at 10 to 10 and a half degrees i think it dropped down to about nine for one part of the swim by the following week it was at 19 and a half degrees yeah. that was in 2018 that's five years ago mm -hmm. the met office were talking about 17 degrees water that was unnatural now five years ago it was warmer and what about the wind have you noticed wind increasing yeah well this time of the year and definitely over the last few years if we get easterly breeze for instance and you'd get that in the summertime, a lot of time, if you have high pressure up over us, you'd have it easily come in off the continent. And that picks up during the day as well. Um, and again, it's getting to know these things, but this is in the morning time, you could have flat cam conditions. As the temperature heats up, and this happened definitely the last few weeks as well, oh as, the day, as the day warms up and the temperature warms up, uh, the air temperature, the breeze comes up with it as well, and it comes off, the sweeps off the land. Um, and in the evening time, when temperatures are dropping down again, the breeze calms down again. Um, so these, these are conditions, but that's nothing new. It might be a little bit more frequent and it might be a little bit more severe, but it's, it's nothing new. It's not, not putting you off? It's not, there. no. Um, I haven't seen anything over the last few years that has, that has made me worry about, let's say, um, the climate change or, the, or global warming, that we're going to see huge differences um all of a sudden anyway look the climate has always changed mm. and i'm not by any means saying that what has happened over the industrial revolution period to know has you know that human humans would say what we have done is affecting the climate it most likely is but what i'm saying is that the climate is always changing and it's always been kind of heating up and, and, and cooling down in historical times we're only just still coming out of the last ice age ice age and we were coming to the warmer period and eventually in thousands of years time we'll be into the next ice age again it's going to cool back down again we're, we're in the warmer 
cycle at this moment in time. Like. And can I also ask you about, I think it's interesting that you spoke about being a fisherman yeah. and now you're doing this um, and the angling tourism. I mean, that's a real sign of the times, isn't it? That, you know, isn't that the way the whole industry is going now at the minute that people are looking for um, a transgression into yeah. something a little bit more ecotourism related? Like I said, when from very young age, when my father had uh, my father had uh, a potting boat, right? So I was pretty much like I say, kind of nearly grew up underwater. Um, after school, when I'd finished school, I went uh, into trawling, into fishing, commercial fishing, and uh, was I'd give about twenty years at that. And the reason I actually finished up was it was getting more difficult to make a living at that. It was getting more difficult to day by year by year to make a living at that and um, the fisherman I was working with he had when I joined him with him in I think it was 1998 he had a five-year plan he was going retiring after that so it was in that time frame I was buying my first boat to go into angling because I needed something to go into and at that stage the water had got into the veins if you like and um, needed to stay with it and then Interestingly enough, it's only about two weeks ago that man actually retired. I retired from commercial fishing long before he did. He only retired two weeks ago. He, he took this decommissioning scheme that's going um, and he's getting on his years now. And that's, uh, well, I shouldn't say that if he hears me. Fisherman, <laughs> fisherman, fisherman don't he, retire. He's probably fresher than I am. But, uh, so he was retiring and uh, he took the decommissioning scheme. Um, personally, I think it's a pity that our governments, successive governments for that matter, have let fish, the fishing industry down um, ever since we joined the EU. Every, every successive government have successfully let the fishermen down. Well, isn't it good that you have an option to do something that still involves oh, the water? Absolutely, yeah. still involves the boat? Absolutely. And you can get out there and... Um, and I mean, in other side, we would say again, it's like the, with whale watching. Um, it's something that the vast majority of people, the general public around Ireland, don't realize we have the wonderful wildlife that we have out here which is again when it comes back to the swims you know the the, the ability or we say when you're doing a swim that you could be visited by dolphins there could be a, a minky whale or a humpback or a humpback whale maybe less than 100 meters away from you swimming like you know just dolphins can often but we've often had dolphins swimming yeah, with yeah, with bits of swimmers yeah. this season there's been loads of yeah visits from dolphins and, and they do seem to be attracted by the activity well they'll they're going to come in they're, they're curious flash, flash. they'll come in the dolphins especially are curious they'll come in they'll have a look and they'll mm. like we'll see them swimming around and under the swimmer like you know yes it's actually quite cool as well and it's magical for the swimmers yeah They'll be swimming along and they the head will pop up and seal or whale or whatever like they've seen. And, and is that something that's kind of a little bit more common here than in some places? Or as a swimmer, do you just... Well, like you're going on the English Channel, you see nothing. absolutely nothing in the English it's Channel. Yeah. Uh, it's just murky water. And, mm. Yeah. Something does watch in Japan either, was there, Steve? No, just, just a lot of squid in Japan. Yeah, not a squid. Flying fish or things like that. You just jump on the boat every now and again. But why now? And see the trawlers there, and they were clearing out everything before them. There was nothing happening yeah. fish ways like this. Well, there was nothing in 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 Medi. The Medi's dead. Sure. You know, as far as yeah, I can fish tuna or something swim on yeah. and a few sunfish there. Hawaii. Oh, there's tons of stuff there. Yeah, yeah. 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 
that was non-stop like you know skipjacks and every goddamn thing you could come at you like you know and uh, do I need to move no head over there you should head over there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, my, my other skipper Ivan Skigaki over there every Monday he'd normally send me a picture of a tuna or a white yeah. and uh Barbecue day, Steve, you know, and, and we'd be pouring rain here, or like today now, like, you know, he's actually, his boat's up being maintained today. This will only take five minutes. That was at nine o'clock this morning. He's a, he's a, he's a typical skipper yeah. and it's up still on the, on the dry dock. So he won't be going to sea today. So he's not happy, but, uh, yeah, this, the water here is, is alive. Uh, and I I would think it has improved over the last few years. It has, yeah. You know, if and it's anything. Here as well, isn't it? Yeah. The water thing. quality is super. Yeah. 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 And that, is that part of the attraction for people? I think it would be. It could be yeah. part. I think it would yeah. be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you just would say, like, so you Steve, who has swam all the different ones, I'm sure you've swam mm -hmm. a few of them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That you know that it's probably one of the nicer yeah. ones. Yeah. And one of the and as I say, one of the great attractions is. You can be in Dublin to, to today, and you can be at the Fastnet tomorrow. But then, you know, and you don't have to prep for it. You don't have to fly. You know, you don't have to get customs. You don't have to have any jabs. You might need a jab afterwards, you know, from the alcohol or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's an eco-friendly swim as well for anybody in England or Ireland. Like, you know, very easy to get here. I think the days when we're swimming out to the fastnet, you'll see a swimmer and this lighthouse is starting to grow out of the water as the day goes on. And Especially you can, going out in the morning. You, you can see him starting to grin yeah. as you get close to it mm. and that's really makes yeah. it worthwhile to see that Absolutely. Appreciate, appreciation of what we have here. And is it true like that they say that the fastnet is very well known abroad, even though we probably don't appreciate it? I'd definitely say so. No, yeah. Yeah. It would be fairly well worldwide known, yeah. yeah. Um, but the, and again, it's like, like Noel was saying there, when you go, um, a lot of our swims tend to start round about, we'll say just after dawn, maybe oh, around yeah. about dawn, and we'd be out there for sunrise. Um, and it's the light at the fasten as well. It's one of my favorite places yeah. in the world, by the way. Um, and I spend a lot of time out there um, on different days doing different things, but the, the light and, at dawn and dusk for that matter is incredible there mm. um, to see the sunrise. And so the swimmer gets, Gets to see that, get a couple of photos at the fastest, so start to swim. Between the four of us, we've ever seen a light at the fastest. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. quite a collection. Yeah. Of I mean, of all the, the swims you can do, it probably is one of the most picturesque, I'd imagine. I'd say so. Yeah. And that's probably what makes it. We have two fabulous markers of both ends of it. You see, it's interesting, in, uh, the, depending on the tides, Kieran can start you in Baltimore. Mm. And make you go to the fastnet, mm. or you can start you at the fastnet and make you go to Baltimore. So it's two completely different swims, completely mm. different. They are both equally difficult, but in the mind, it's a completely different swims. Like you know, if you start the fastnet, you're coming home, you know. And if you're going to the fastnet, you gotta you you can't see it, and it's mm. it's just for long periods of time, and you have to believe the skipper and. You know, and believe in yourself and just keep swimming, you know, and to get there. And, and, and is that totally dependent on the tides? Or can you choose, can you choose which route to take? You can, and you, you can, could, yeah, but it, yeah. it generally, like, your wind and tides are what governs the direction of what. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's going to govern it from so more. Yeah. So that's another 
brilliant thing we have whereas English Channel has always swam from England to France mm -hmm. never from France to England like you know and uh, that th that's the beauty of the swim and and every mm -hmm. and everyone everyone's swim is completely different any channel swim is completely different but there's nothing like here mm -hmm. well, we why do you think I I would I, I come from Carlo I can spend I won't be ever hearing this so I I spend a, I could spend maybe a day or two a days in Carlo and I have to get back here. And I just have to get back. You know, and, and it's true, as the rowers said and the, everybody here said, there is something here. And it's, it's maybe it's, it's good that it's hard to get here. It's, there's no motorway that'll get you here. There's no railway that'll get you here. You know, and you have to fight to get here a little bit and you get lost on the way. But once you're here, you're, you're here forever. Thanks for listening to the Southern Stars from A to C podcast. This episode was produced and presented by Southern Star editor Siobhan Cronin and edited by me, Dylan Mangan. This was the fourth episode in our Sea Swimming podcast series, so if you enjoyed it, please be sure to check out our previous episodes by visiting southernstar.ie forward slash podcasts. Let us know what you thought of this episode by rating and reviewing the podcast wherever you get yours, and be sure to pick up a copy of this week's Southern Star in shops across West Cork every Thursday or online by subscribe.southernstar.ie. Thanks for listening.